welcome to Green Beer's podcast. This is Mike Savage. I'm Ani. here with Ani. Charlie. And Austin. All right, guys. So today we have, what do we have today, Charlie? We have the Urban Underdog American Pale Ale. So as Charlie pours that, I just want to lay the ground for today. We're going to taste this wonderful beer out of St. Louis, and then we're going to talk about what we think is going to happen in 2020. Today is December 18th, if you can believe it, and we're just going to talk about you know, really go a little off the cuff on, on what we saw in 2019 and talk about electrification, battery storage, you name it, what we're thinking about. So I'm going to kick back to Charlie. Let's talk about Urban. So this beer, um, great to be back with the uh, you, you gents on the pod. Um, a true pleasure. A, a true pleasure Been to long. talk about our favorite things, craft beer, Energy efficiency and sustainability. This is a beer from the Urban Chestnut Brewing Company out of St. Louis. I had this in November when I was visiting my daughter there. Uh, they have four tap rooms in St. Louis. The brewmaster, uh, Florian um, Kuplent, is originally from Bavaria. They're um, uh, their, their philosophy of brewing is called Beer Divergency, New World Meets Old World Brewing. It's um, a wonderful place. Let's start by tasting, and then we can talk a little bit about more, uh, more about the brewery. Uh, but, they, um, but Florian worked, apparently, at um, launching craft breweries, but then also worked at, at, um, in Bavaria and the U.S., worked at Anheuser-Busch, and then launched his own brewery. So he really has the... Uh, Credentials to do the uh, new world meets old world thing. So, so I'm, this is their Urban Underdog Pale Ale. It's a it's one of their Revolution series, which is the uh, craft beer artisanal modern beers. They also have a Reverence series, which is a celebration of beer's heritage, uh, classically crafted European beer style. So they've got two cool different series. This is their Revolution series Pale Ale. All right, um, I'm going to start off by saying two things. One. It's soft. I don't know if that's a good description for a beer, but it is soft. Soft. I get it like a that's soft. That's new. A yeah. softness. That's yeah. new. Huh. Soft. You don't hear that. That's that's a, that's 21st century yeah. uh, beer mm. talk. Yeah, it's got a soft. <laughs> like you flavor. can just like sink sink right into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And second, like a familiar sofa. You know, when I hear Bavaria, right. very familiar. Yeah. Um, so like an old sweater. An old sweater, yeah. Yeah. an old sweater, you know, that's, that's from, you know, you get left in the closet over the summer, it's the first time you put them back on. Um, a second, Bavarian, I, you know, obviously I go to Bavarian cream. Yeah. Not, not like that, no. Well, but you know, it is interesting because it has a, a pretty bright hoppy flavor, but not a bitter aftertaste. It's, it's a, it takes a really good process to create an ale that has a punch of flavor, but doesn't leave a bitter aftertaste. Yeah. That's, that's sophisticated brewing, and we got it here, I think. I was going to say that it tastes herbal to me, right? Herbal. There's a little, yeah, well, right, there's the, which I think is the hoppy, mm-hmm. floral, bitter, call it what you will, but it's not super resiny. Right. And, and not overly bitter. Yeah, exactly. Really a nice beer. Yeah, and a good bit, a good bit of frothy foam there too on um, the port. Uh, you know, that's probably the softness that I was that's it. into. You know? right. Yeah, <laughs> you you just you saw that really. Four four point eight percent alcohol head. by volume, so very very drinkable. You could have a couple of these and still make your way home. Um, good. And uh, it's made with American hops, um, 
And he, they even say in their description that it's effervescent. Is that... Uh, hmm, no wonder. When, I, that, took well, a, uh, when I took a long whiff of the beer, it really got to my head. And yeah. it, it may be more, to my head, actually. It may be more carbonated, actually. This, this is something that we haven't really d- discussed, and I know nothing about, but varying degrees of carbonation in beer, of course, I guess, depending on how intense your secondary fermentation is and how right. you, you could have a beer with... With a lot of bubbles right. or limited, and and really the the head was like for a for a beer out of a can as opposed to draft, it had like a really substantial head, yeah. which yeah. goes to the idea that it may actually be more carbonated yeah. than your typical. I think pale that's out. right. I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah, it's bubbly. It's like the you know, and and how appropriate for holiday time, busting out the champagne or the prosecco. Forget that. <laughs> get your urban underdog. get your urban underdog <laughs> beer and and drink this out of champagne flutes. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I would say get yourself to St. Louis. That's my headline on the rating. They probably don't distribute out northeast. I don't think so. I mean, that's an interesting question. You can probably call the brewery and see whether they'll um, distribute. But but if you're in the area, uh, and, you know, it's kind of fun to be able to highlight fantastic breweries from around the country. So we'll 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 continue to keep our, our eyes out for ones that are, Truly local that you're only going to find when you're there. Right. I happen to be in St. Louis, as I said. Um, really, really a good beer. I mean, this guy worked hard and has worked in all all corners of the beer industry before launching this brewery five years ago. So, um, I guess. Do we want to talk about some of the sustainability elements too? They have a really. What robust... about the score? Should we score it? Well, yeah. okay, sure, well, sure. Well, Let's, or, or do we? Let's just. Let's talk the about the sustainability. Oh, we had the green bump. I forgot yeah. that. Part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've yeah. had beers get a, a, a significant green bump in the past. Yeah, right. yeah. That's right. Um, so, so yeah, from their from their website, they talk about using a steam condenser. I never thought about this, but with your boil kettle, if you're not capturing, recondensing your water, you're going to lose a huge amount just in the boiling process. And according to these guys, they have a kettle that that cuts down that wa- uh, loss by ninety five percent. Wow. Um, I don't know. So they said it's something like, you know, the six to one ratio of six right. gallons of water to every one final gallon brewed. I, I don't know if they and then they use have that, a final ratio. But. They use that captured water for secondary uh, uh, processes like cleaning. And, right. Um, so that must cut down the six to one ratio significantly because you're capturing some of the boil water and using it for cleaning. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and then they, they donate spent grain like a lot of yeah I'd say probably half or even more of the breweries that we featured donate spent grain. That's you know a best practice that's been pretty widely adopted. Yes, right. Um, and uh, they have um, they have solar arrays mm-hmm. that are generating uh, forty four megawatt hours a year, and for the remainder of their uh, electricity needs. Or energy needs, they have bought into the uh, the uh, green tariff from their um, uh, utility, Ameren, Missouri. So they are uh, offsetting 100% of their energy with renewables, either on-site renewables or or a green tariff for um, for renewables through the utility. Yeah, which is a great great. Commitment. Absolutely, yeah. you know, for a lot of sites, and you know, we can segue. I, I think. Um, eventually into you know virtual power purchase agreements which is essentially what they're doing they're paying a little bit of a premium to get um, this clean green power and that is an option for a lot of people who use a lot more energy than their building could produce through solar or, yeah. or other methods so I, I think that's a pretty strong green boost 
Yeah, there's another interesting one. You remember the? You'll remember that we spoke about the uh, the consortium of breweries in Burlington, Vermont, mm-hmm. and the fact that they had, as a group, been called to the carpet a little bit by the water uh, treatment facility there for affecting the overall water quality of the um, coming out of the water treatment facility. Yeah, a big portion of that was likely uh, yeast. Um, uh, and 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 as Urban Chestnut says on their website, responsible yeast management is key to protecting the municipal water supply. Supply. They uh, Urban Chestnut diverts a hundred tons of spent yeast to an ethanol manufacturer. Um, again, saving thousands of, of dollars annually in water treatment, and uh, and 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 um, ensuring that the yeast waste is being used as animal feed. So is that really how, cool? Is that how? They're diverting into an ethanol facility because you need yeast in order to break down the corn into ethanol. Is that how that goes? Right. I see. So that that's that's brilliant. And a hundred tons. Yeah. Lord, that's that's just a staggering amount of yeast. Yeah. And they're not that big a brewery, right? I mean, so just yeah. imagine how much yeast we've got flowing Going into, into flowing into water systems into nationwide. Yeah. Water systems. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. So adding that to the list, we know about spent grain, but now what are you doing with your yeast? Yeah. <laughs> interrogate your brewer. <laughs> that's top shelf sustainability yeah. work. Hey, tell me your yeast story. And uh, <laughs> we're, we're a brewer's worst nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Yeah, don't don't rate us, please. <laughs> <laughs> and just talking about the recycling portion, where they mentioned how they their whole supply chain for every product, like from the cardboard that they have for packaging to the tin can that they use. So just for all our listeners, I've held a lot of beer cans. This is the thinnest one, and it's it's really thin. And uh, uh, for the first time, I've seen please recycle. I've always seen oh, recycle. Wow. I've never seen please recycle. So this is something new. Um, a little ad from me. <laughs> so Michael, yes. Michael is is uh, mining the uh, the classic college gambit of crushing the can on your head. Highly crushable can, yeah, people. Highly, yeah. But that's something. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. Don Belushi could do four of them stacked up yeah. at once. He could. Absolutely. This is just nothing. Yeah. I mean, they, they used to make beer cans out of steel in his era. I mean, yeah, exactly. That was a real accomplishment. <laughs> you could, you could do this one without you know, CTE or concussions. So yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Keep that in your back so, pocket. So we're, we're, we're presumably boosting their college uh, market here. Mm. <laughs> Any frat party featuring urban underdog American pale ale is the sort of frat safety party. First. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, safety first. <laughs> hey, safety first. And boy, this is one heck of an upgrade over Keystone. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so do you guys want to rate it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Yes, I'm giving this beer uh, a nine. Mm. Any green boosters, green boost included? Uh, I'm giving it a nine all in. Um, well, actually, yeah. Yeah, I'm giving it a nine all in. So um, without green boost? With the green boost. No, no, but without. Oh, oh so you want to know the value of the I think boost. it's an eight and a half with a full half point green boost. Uh, you know what? You know what? I'm I'm gonna. I think for the. I think I'm gonna give my highest rating ever, nice. which is that I'm re, I'm impressed by the green elements. I'm giving a seven and a half, unadulterated natural and a one and a half point green boost. Wow! I'm all the way to nine. All the way to nine. All the way to nine. <laughs> Beautiful. Wow! All the way to nine. The same end result as Charlie, but a slightly different formula. Yeah. So I will. Um, I'll go an eight point one all natural, mm-hmm. and uh, you know a little green boost to an eight eight. 
you know. Nice. Yeah. That, that's one of your highest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strong beer. <laughs> strong soft beer. Exactly. And, exactly. Um, Ani, did you give us an aroma check on this one yet? I, I, did, I don't think you. But no. uh, I mean, it, uh, like I said, the hops oh. is really strong. Uh, but I think it's, it goes it goes to say how much how high, uh, highly carbonated it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really went into my head. <laughs> Uh, I'm definitely drunk. In there. <laughs> <laughs> in there. He's a little loopy. So I just took note of all the ratings um, and I have it in Anagorn. So, okay. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, so, listeners, Ani just snorted this beer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so college guys, that was a beer snort. <laughs> <laughs> Try it. Try it. You're next. So, um, don't, we not recommended for these no. highly effervescent pale ales. No, no, no. At some point, maybe when we get to pod 10... We will um, rank all of our beers. Yes, um, we'll have a. We'll do average average ranking. Yeah, maybe top we'll, score. Yeah. We might even do a keg war. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that said, um, a little bit of a trivia for, for everyone in the room here. Um, we have uh, you know a lot of listeners. I, I don't want to say how many, but it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Scores. And more than we can have. Legions. And it, we actually have listeners across six very impressive countries. Um, can anybody name three of them correctly? Oh, my God. Yeah. Is this true? This is true. Oh. So, Hang one's on. India, for sure. Yes. I sent it to my family. Six geographies. Six very separate. So, India's one. Yeah. In India. I mean, we're Fantastic. not counting the United I States. I am counting the United States. So okay. <laughs> We need right, one give more. Me, give me four because you know three is easy. Give me four. Four different I mean, countries. Yeah. Oh, this is great. So I'm gonna. Uh, okay, so obviously, the United States and India. Uh, U.S. and India is two. Yeah. U.K. It, nope. Can we play a little bit of a of a five questions? Yeah, yeah. Continental sure. Europe. Um, yes. Germany. All right. That's that's three. There you go. There you go. They respect our expertise so much they listen to us in Germany. Holy smokes. That's fantastic. The Home of beer Bavaria. and the energy vendor. Unbelievable. <laughs> Bavaria. Wow. Um, God. Just so assume it is Bavaria. Yeah. Yes. Um, of course. All right. Uh, Scandinavia. No, but it does start with an S. Singapore. No. <laughs> it's plausible. I'll give you one more. One more for the last. Scotland. No. All right. I'll give you. I'll, I'll give one of the easy ones. Um, Canada. Sure. Probably, nice. Probably. You know. And then but hey, we have an S. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Sorry. Hang on. Africa. Yeah, I'm saying, is the S country in Africa? No. 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 Uh, South America. No. <laughs> Europe again. Yes. Spain. No. Slovenia. No. Slovakia. <laughs> Slovakia. Slovakia. Wow. Yeah. And Who is that? Shout out to our one Slovak me. listener. We love you. <laughs> Excuse me. We have to rename the pod. International Green Beers. Yeah. Well, you know, we, yeah. we still, I mean, wow. Ani's, I think, seen the list. So he, he did splurt it out earlier, but I don't believe you guys heard the final. And sixth. What letter is your Not European. What letter? Not North American. What letter? I. 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 Africa? No way. There's no. <laughs> India. India. Uh, no, there, there is no, there's no I in South America. There's no I in Africa. Where is there an I in Africa? No, Asia. What? Yeah. I? What's between Asia? And Italy, Africa? but you said not Europe. Oh, Israel. Close. Close. Iraq. Bingo. Iraq. Yeah. Holy smokes! Unbelievable. We're going places, people. All right. 
Stay on the now, train. You know, you're not going to get an urban chestnut beer in Iraq, but someday. There are direct flights to New York, and then you and can then take you, a connector. There are direct flights from New York to St. Louis. You could be there in probably yeah. 22 oh, hours. From New York to St. Louis. I said, I was, I was, I was, no, you can go St. Louis to New York to Iraq. Well, you can go to probably Turkey. You can get to Istanbul for sure. I don't know about... Well, this is exciting. The International Green Beers podcast rolls on. Yeah. So, um, let's a little round robin. Uh, 2020, Mm. uh, or even what what you were most surprised about 2019. Mm -hmm. Or this entire decade. The decade is coming to a close. That's true, too. Wow. Isn't that shocking? I mean that's that's how linear time works. Right? <laughs> Jesus, Mike. <laughs> that's exactly my thought. All right, you guys Robert, are real. We're going with Austin. You guys are wide mandate else. here. You can look backwards. You can look forwards. I'm going to look forward and, and say that uh, that that in case you weren't already plugged into the Democratic primary and the the 2020 election, that this this of course is a, a big deal for anyone who cares about the energy transition. And and I don't I don't mean to say that the Republican Party has totally missed the boat on this. But the fact is, is that I think we have seen a vacuum of leadership from the White House on these issues. And, and that if, if, this is one of the, if this is one of the things that you care about most, that it would make sense to take a good hard look at um, is, is uh, you know, which candidate is thinking most seriously about not just promising to get to 100% green by 2050 or 2060, which politicians love to do, uh, and, and actually giving us a roadmap and a workable roadmap that balances mitigation and adaptation and resiliency and, and, uh, and underserved, underprivileged communities that are hard hit by progressive energy pricing. It's, it's a really tricky thing out there. So look, look for the candidate who's articulated a coherent vision and, uh, and demand that, you know, on either side of the aisle. Uh, and, and, and then we'll be in, we'll be in better shape for the 2020s. Well, remarkably, um, I was going to say roadmap. 2021, uh, 2020 has to be the year of the roadmap. Because what we saw in 2019 was not at the federal level, as Austin points out, but at the, at the state municipal level, great, and yes. state level. Fair and point. We're talking New York City, we're talking Brookline, Massachusetts. Fair point. Uh, Carbon Mobilization Act, $268 a, a, a metric ton fines for missing your carbon cap as a building in New York City beginning Incredible. in 2024. Brookline outlaws natural gas in new in new construction and uh, retrofits of more than 50, 50% of the square footage. Um, <clears throat> Worcester's considering it. Somerville and Cambridge are considering it. This is gas, uh, natural gas moratoria or, or bans. Uh, so 40% of our u- local utility Eversource's territory could have natural gas bans in place by sometime next year. So vision at the municipal level, but it's vision without direction, mm. which is yeah. unbelievably <laughs> difficult for business. And it's no way to reach a target, right? Yeah. If you give somebody a, uh, a, um, uh, 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 a, a, a destination without a map, you get uh, get nowhere. And that's what a lot chaos. of these, you know, 80% yeah. green by 2050 pronouncements are, really. Right. It's like there's a vision with no direction. So, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. So so 2020 needs to be the year of the roadmap. Um, we were privileged to meet with the new uh, Associate Secretary for the Environment for the Commonwealth um, recently. 
he has, he, I think as his very first act, um, allocated budget for a roadmap. And it's the first of, of its kind at the state level. And Renew has signed up to participate in that conversation. And the question isn't, do we want to get to 80% reductions by 2050? The question is, how do you get there? And you can't, there isn't one road. There has to be 25 roads that buildings can follow. And then Renew has to figure out how do we help fund those? Uh, how many of those can we help with? And how do we fund them? But, but that, for me, is my vision for 2020, is, is the year of the roadmap, um, moving at the municipal and state level from from vision to vision without direction to vision with direction. Yeah. Uh, well, just piggybacking on what uh, Austin and uh, Charlie mentioned, I'll talk about the roadmap and to have that to be an enabler on the roadmap is some trends that I see for 2020 and going forward are more um, obviously. This everyone knows who, who who has been our listener for some time is energy storage for sure. Then comes progressive energy policies and uh, progressive energy policies. Uh, let me be just very clear: does not just mean incentives. It could be performance-based revenues that should be only given to uh, given on performance, not just for installing a device. Um, so, just circling back, it was. Um, energy storage, energy, progressive energy policies. And the third thing for me would be uh, enabling a more liberal energy sharing platform for customers uh, who actually do not, uh, are not part of urban landscape, like rural customers, have, have them participate in this energy exchange platform where they can start building microgrids. So it's a basically a, a policy signal that we need to put out there so that people start participating consciously into what energy choices they have today. And I think majority of the nation, even the United States for that matter, like other developing nations, is based in the rural landscape more than cities. So I guess where there are no transmission and distribution lines and that's where microgrid solutions should come up and that should not be something that someone goes there and puts it for them for free. Let's not do that. Let's let's instigate it by themselves and show them the benefits. They all, these three things are mine. That they'll have control rather than the utilities. I think we were, we were discussing this. Actually, more uh, control is an expert. They actually do it proactively. I like that. So when, when people take their own choice, they don't back away from something that they've installed themselves, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So to sort of carry forward Ani's conversation or thought, you know, I, I really believe the future has to be a smarter grid. Um, and, and, you know, for, for all, the, all the things that, that Ani just talked about, the, the value that, that it can create for people who aren't participating in the market, but also the, the inefficiencies that, that it will solve. Um, and it will allow us to hopefully have better use of energy, more resilient use of energy, and you know people can um, understand that it's a it's a free market for for energy resources, and allow you know this is obviously not going to happen right away. Our energy is very much uh, held by um, monopolies, uh, which are in a very odd 
system for the United States, but but I think we will transition to a um, uh, two-way sort of um, energy infrastructure, you know, in the next decade. Um, stepping back to um, Austin's point, you know, I you know absolutely agree that you know we, we need strong leadership and a roadmap. But I've also been impressed with the local and regional municipalities to step up to the plate when, when there has not been a, a strong national leadership to help us, you know, understand that this is an issue that we're all going to live with. And, and we've already started to see the, the climate crises of, uh, you know, every, every spring, every, every fall in California, there's a major fire. I mean, this is you know, right now, uh, 50, uh, C in Australia, Ani could tell you what that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's hot. Yeah. Yeah, I would say yeah. it's hot. That was like over 120 Fahrenheit there, right? Because yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so, I, Yeah, we need actually. Is that 132? Oh, I don't think you can live at that time. You can. That's really horrifying. So, if, if no actions are taken, there, there will certainly be um, consequences that are going to affect everyday life. It, it's a great point. It's a great point that there is the the bold visions coming out of local um, uh, local politicians are to be celebrated, and then the challenge then becomes how do we help people get there? Uh, that's and that's you know that's what what's exciting for me about being a part of the Renew team is that's really our mandate is to help you know that's and that's. We're doing a we're doing a seminar for building owners and managers in New York City in March. That is really a response to Local Law 97. How do you get from here to where you need to be in 2030? That's the point of the seminar, you know. And that's going to drive business to renew. That's as it should be. We're in business to help people do that. But the New York City City Council set a bold vision. There's no guidance in that ordinance how you get from here to there. But there's flexibility. But in there's it, flexibility right? in it, and the and, the, and there's costs for not getting there, and that opens up an opportunity for for creative solutions, innovative solutions, um, for people to implement um, that can do the right thing and and uh, ultimately save the money. Yeah. Right. Just going back to one point that Charlie mentioned. Obviously, he's mentioned many important things in this. In what he said, but is about celebrating uh, local leadership, and yeah. that's that's something that we may not consciously do. But this is to all the listeners out there: climate change is, doesn't look at what status of society you're in and what you do. It's going to affect everyone. So if you going back to Austin's point, if you choose the right person or people or a group of people to lead you, you're actually in good hands and saving the future for the next generations. Yeah. Yeah, so I think with that, that's that's a pretty good start to 2020 if we could accomplish, you know, some steps in the right direction, get that roadmap going, and get people starting to think about, you know, sustainability and better beers. Absolutely. Cheers to uh, a great 2019 and to more pods ahead. Happy New Year. Cheers. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Everyone in Slovakia. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.